0: You are now tuned in to Owens' exhibit. Before getting into the episode, I wanted to give a little bit of background about U-Teach. U-Teach has no relationship to U-Teach, which is already a founded business. U-Teach connects students and teachers via an app-based platform. The purpose of the platform is to provide classes and tutoring. Anybody with a strong expertise in a certain field can become an instructor after being validated by a board of directors. Tejas incorporated the company in 2020. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back, listeners. This is Owen Patterson, your host. It's time to discuss all things related to fashion and entrepreneurship. Make sure you're following the podcast on IG at owens.exhibit. On this episode, I'm joined by Tejas Kumar Today's episode is going to be based on his entrepreneurial journey and talking about his program that he designed connecting teachers and students virtually through an app-based platform called u-teach. How I met this individual was basically through sports. So we have a athletic facility at our college called the DAC. And on the weekends, I try to go there and hoop a little bit. And uh, he ended up being there at the gym. So we just started chopping it up. And uh, I scored a few buckets on him. So that's how our relationship came to be. And ever since, he's just been a very active individual and in talking about his life and things that he has going on. I'll allow him to introduce himself, maybe talk about what he has interest in and kind of let the people know.
1: No, of course. Uh, My name is uh, Tayshar Ravindakumar, like Owen said. Uh, Funny thing is, yeah, I did meet him at uh, the local gym here. Funny story was, I think we met on like a Saturday at like, it was like 8 a.m. and the funniest thing is the night before I was partying on like, it was a Halloween party. So the day I met him, I was actually still hung over <laughs> and he was scoring buckets on me, crossing me up left and right. And I was like, dude, this kid can who? But then uh, a more surprising thing was the, uh, the direction that uh, he was going through in life as a merchandise and entrepreneurial major, uh, to see kids who are a lot younger than me, a lot more motivated and a lot more directed was a it was a cool and interesting and more motivating thing for myself because uh, as someone who's based uh, on grew up mainly half international and half on the you know on the West Coast a lot of the lifestyle that I saw was a lot more you know green energy you know being more plant based you know more friendly to the environment so I try to bring that type of resource that type of energy to um, the platform that I'm coding right now. Uh, and uh a couple hobbies i don't want to get you know right into it but a couple hobbies that i have is i'm a big fanatic you know i love basketball that was my first love i do love helping people so this platform hopefully can be a bridge that connects two people worldwide Um, and the access of information hopefully can be at an efficient rate where it helps both parties not just one party you know profiting over the other i want both parties to be beneficial uh, and create a, build that bridge because in the current world that we live in, I feel like just because we don't understand other people or we don't understand other cultures doesn't mean we can't, uh, you know, get to know them, understand them. And the only way we'd be able to understand them is not just read about them or like learn about them, but put yourselves in their shoes. To do that, it's gonna you're going to have to put yourself in, you know, maybe in an uncomfortable situation. So it's just something a little bit about myself and I can't wait for any other questions.
0: Yeah, that's a great kind of... Insight into what you're working towards and some of the stuff that has influenced you over time I want to kind of ask you a few icebreaker questions to allow the people to really understand your background and figure out what type of person you are maybe your personality and What really motivates you so the first question I have is what's your favorite type of pizza?
1: My favorite type of pizza would have to be originally it was it was Hawaiian pizza But coming to Philadelphia has to be boo-boo pizza Yeah, Because uh, I think Hawaiian pizza is something that, like, I love ham, pineapple. I love all cheeses, but uh, a lot of people would make fun of me growing up for putting pineapple on pizza. So I stopped eating Hawaiian pizza, honestly. No way. Uh, Not saying that you should listen to other people, but when a lot of people say that, you know, you can't put fruit on pizza, stop putting fruit on pizza. And then coming to Philadelphia, now... There's a lot of good pizza. Like, there's a lot of good, you know, a lot of good places here. But it was cool to. I'm pretty sure a lot of people who are pretty close to Drexel University know about. Shout out to Ed's, uh, but Boom Boom Pizza, which is uh, a great local, you know, good for the buck. You know, you know, three dollars a slice. Um, it's called Boom Boom Pizza because they put like, you know, ranch, buffalo sauce, and they put it in like a circular, like, a, like in a big giant circle, kind of like the yin and yang effect. And it just tastes delicious. And it, it is, you know, it's perfect. So, yeah, it's a specialty. You yeah. can only
0: get it here in Philadelphia at Ed's. Yeah. No. Pretty crazy. All right, who do you think is the best dressed NBA player?
1: The best dressed NBA player has to be Shai Gilker's SGA. Shai Gilker's Alexander. Uh, Why you think that? I think it's just the style and fashion he has. He, he Even though he is like, I think he is partnered with, uh, okay. You think he
0: has a stylist, or you think he has like connections that just? That's, a, him that's a that's clothing. a great
1: question because a lot of these athletes, first of all, they have the the bank to have connections or this like to have stylists. But I think SGA, his fashion, you can see when he was a rookie, he had a lot of the baggy pants, kind of like a Travis Scott effect. Like he had a lot of these baggy clothes and kind of he did what I think fits himself, you know. And the fact is that he I think he has some pretty good sponsorships. Louis Vuitton, he's a sponsor for, and he's. Not only is making a lot of money on the court, but he definitely makes good, good. You know, you know, he's got a good contract with any of these fashion designers as well. Uh, but uh, is it cool if I could ask who's the who I think is the worst dress?
0: I mean, go ahead. I'm yeah. not stopping you. Uh,
1: I wouldn't say worst dress, but I have to say every time I see Kyle Kuzma dress up in any of his funky clothes, it's cool. It's cool because I used to dress up like that in high school. Got made fun of a lot. And like James Harden, all these players be dressing up. Like you know, it is unique style. I'm not gonna make fun of their style because hey, you know what? They got money; they can do whatever the hell they want. They got
0: bigger priorities too. I mean, <laughs> it's just a side thing for them, and what whatever they're comfortable in. I think that's no, exactly. And,
1: and to be honest, people don't understand one thing. I'll tell people as someone who plays who plays sports all that your your pregame your game outfit means a lot to a lot of these players. You may think that oh, we're making fun of them there, but based on their day. They got to feel feel good. They got to feel good, look good, do good. And there's different variations you can say that, but I believe that 100%. Because the better you dress yourself and the better you look yourself in the mirror and make yourself feel good, you're just building confidence. Yeah. To
0: To speak more about what you dress up in and maybe stuff, speak to your style. What's like a pair of sneakers that you're really like interested in or that you've favored over the years?
1: 100%. So growing up, I was introduced to Vans because everyone wore Vans. I realized Vans is a great, honestly, Vans is a great multi purpose shoe in the gym. You can use it walking. It goes with a lot of fits. But as someone who has a lot of ankle problems, Vans was not the shoe for me once I started playing high level sports. So I think a great shoe that I like to use is uh, Air Max's, Air Jordans. Uh, Air Jordan 1s and a lot of more athletic wear and something I do tell people is uh, don't wear a shoe or don't wear even I'm going to go on the other person, don't wear even if it's heels, don't wear something that makes your feet uncomfortable because that's a huge thing because our feet is a very important and if you're putting your feet in like an uncomfortable position for long periods of time you're just, you're you're, you're really hurting yourself in the long run because your feet, you know that's what we walk on every day, that's the way how you go from Point A to Point B, and I'll give you a good example myself. I actually bought a pair of Air Jordans that was the wrong size. It was almost a, ha- a whole size above me, and I started facing ankle problems. So what did I do? I bought these shoe. I didn't even buy those insoles. You know, I was I used to feel really un- uh, in I would say uncomfortable about how tall I was. So I actually put some like heel insoles in. So it gave me not only made the shoe fit, but gave me an extra inch but it's just that that mindset is something that's more you're trying to please other people and not please yourself and my ankles got pretty messed up even in that situation too so those are the i'll go back i kind of am rambling a little bit but i'll go back to the question but that's it like i I, for me the shoes i really don't care what brand it's from but it's all about comfort because uh if my shoes are hurting by the time I take them off, I, I generally shouldn't be wearing those shoes.
0: Yeah, you've gone through sort of a transition figuring out what shoe is most comfortable for you and what has the most added benefits. 100%, and, and the
1: one thing I'll tell people, just because other people say her shoe's comfortable doesn't mean it's gonna be comfortable for you. Right. Just And that's the biggest thing, because uh, uh, I do like a lot of these uh, shoe sneaker apps like Goat and uh, Stock X, and I think uh, with the way mar like the way the world is moving now it's great that there's a marketplace for people who can share their passion in the sneaker industry
0: completely without arguing your case who's the best basketball player just name their name i have
1: have to ask a question is it present prior anyone in general like how you interpret it for me the best basketball player growing up and watching for me personally coming being you know, raised in Oakland, like being raised in like the Bay Area, it has to be Steph Curry. That that, that is the best basketball player that I've seen myself. Um, I got you. And yeah, that, I'll just put it like that without explaining it. So.
0: Yeah, what music artists have you been bumping recently?
1: Music artists that I have been bumping recently: a lot of 21, uh, 21 Savage, a lot of uh, um, a lot of varieties. I started going back into my like going back into my roots. A lot of more like African based Egyptian. Uh, a lot of this, uh, yeah, like I would say, 21-7, Egyptian, and a lot of, uh, and throwbacks. I'm going to be honest, my favorite, uh, my go-to pregame routine, my go-to music before I'm like really, anything I'm stressed or any project, presentation I have to do is uh, 2000s classics. Like, they used to call it, I call it radio music, but back in the day, they call it, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to put a, like a name on but they call it, like, white girl music. Oh, Where, yeah. And that's the idea of, I don't want to call that that, but uh, growing up, I was only allowed to use radio music. It was either radio music or I had to listen to my parents, their, their classical Indian music, which is music they used to listen to in the 1960s. So uh, what did I choose? Radio music. So
0: I mean, I think we all know the words to all the radio songs from back in the day. Yeah, no,
1: and exactly that's the cool thing because if you throw in a lot of the people who I hang out with, they're either born from nineteen ninety seven to like around two thousand five. Let's just put like that eight year gap. Mm-hmm. And the music back then was pretty bumping. Like we yeah, we can lot.
0: all share something in common. And that's with it. Everybody else. All right, so we left off talking about music. Now I want to ask you: What out of the places you've traveled in the world, what place has been your favorite?
1: Um, out of all the places that I have traveled in the world, I would say my favorite place, well, it's a little split. I have a split decision. Um, half would be Nicaragua, and the other half would be Singapore, and I'll get into detail about why I have in each. Uh, when I went to Nicaragua, it was a leadership retreat with my water, like a couple, like a 10 people in my high school, and we all went together with my high school uh, varsity coach. Um, shout out to Coach OG. Uh, we went to nicaragua and we stayed there for about 10 to 15 days and we saw how similar we were um, even though we were on completely different you know you know on sides of the, con- the sides of the globe and something that i thought was really unique was that they embraced us americans with grace and a smile no matter the political situation that was at hand because that during that time uh donald trump actually just came i think into Uh, into the office and I think a month before he completely disrespected or bashed that entire you you know that completely bashed Nicaragua as a whole culture and society so I think that's the craziest thing that at the end of the day they still graciously accepted us as one of their own and that's the most beautiful thing because seeing the culture the diversity the language there was a big language barrier uh, but because their language was Spanish, a lot of the, a lot of my friends spoke Spanish in high school, and because of their friends, it was a, it was a great, uh, it was a great experience, and it was an eye-opening experience because some of the people I met there and the connections that I met there, I hope that I can go back there and really help out, um, you know, and bring back you know all those good memories that they, you know they showed me once. Now on the other side is more of a place that I, had, I do have family in, which is Singapore. Singapore has been a great, it was always a great, uh, I've only been there two or three times, but every time I go there, it's an amazing experience, very happy and well connected, you know, you know, an environment. Because when you fly into the airport, the metro station is interconnected to the entire, you know, entire entirety of Singapore. You can literally, it's like taking the set, like for people who, it's like taking the train you know, it's like taking the subway station all throughout New York, but then you can also go down to Philly. You know, all in one one central loop. And the reason why they do that is because I think in Singapore, uh, they have the highest tax bracket in cars because emissions and a lot of a lot of negative things come out of those. You know, we don't understand, but like we do understand. We don't just pay attention, but car emissions like that's one of the reasons why global warming is one of the biggest factors in the world and when you tax cars to the 90th percentile i'm talking about like a toyota corolla is like 80k yeah hey sounds like
0: there's added benefits to both of the places that you've been to i guess they each have their own advantages and it's really interesting to see how you view those places especially nicaragua considering that these people live Completely different lifestyles, and they're willing to open up about their lifestyles and maybe like share a little bit of that happiness and spirit, even though you've just kind of gone into their lives super instantaneously. Rounding out these questions, I want to ask you what's your favorite TV series?
1: My favorite TV series. I don't watch a lot of TV, man, but I would have to say anime. I was, I would you kind of pick anime or would more yeah, TV? Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have a specific anime? Yeah,
1: Naruto. I would say Naruto is definitely my favorite TV series growing up. Um, television wise, maybe Last Dance, the, the Michael Jordan documentary. Right. Um, but those would be my favorite TV series because they bring a lot of uh, they they portray a lot of hard work and ethic, but they also give a story of how some people like the idea of you know maturing in the in, in different parts of the world. So I think those would be my two favorite TV shows.
0: Great. Well, that kind of gave the listeners a little bit of insight to your personality and some things that you have interest in. so now, before we talk about you teach, I want to get a better understanding of your background in entrepreneurship. The first thing I want to ask you is did anyone influence you to become an entrepreneur?
1: no I, I would say being an entrepreneur is actually maybe something they didn't want me to do because uh. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I feel like these days, everyone wants to create the next basic big idea, but people don't understand. Being an entrepreneur takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hard hustle and a, a vision and focus. And something that I'm glad that growing up was uh, my parents kind of put me towards the educational route and said, hey, once you get a degree, once you have a backup plan and you have financial stability, you can become an entrepreneur. You can put your passion and interest all into some one central thing so I think that's why I would say no no one no one guided me towards being an entrepreneur but since the day I learned how to read a book and learned how to sell clothes and you know you know the, e- the idea of e-commerce like, just simple e-commerce I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur
0: That's cool What businesses or ideas have you been involved in maybe you can talk about you protect I kind of did some research and I found out that you did this business idea can you uh, elaborate on that?
1: No, definitely. So U-Protect was a small, uh, it was a branch under u at the time. It wasn't the most successful company in the world, but what U-Protect was, uh, was a, uh, it was a PPE, uh, PPE company where we would import PPE products from East Asia. And we would sell them here in the U.S. This is prior or pretty close to when the pandemic started. But the idea of U-Protect was it's kind of like you teach, you teach, you know, you, anyone can teach, you teach yourself. I thought that the reason why I was, is that you can protect yourself. And if you just understood that, you know, the, the way we transmit diseases and the way we get other people sick is because, you know, sometimes you just have to wash your hands for a certain period of time. Or you wear a mask and those things will be transmitted and that's why I named it You Protect, which was just a concept of like understanding uh, where these products came from, why they are used and how they're used. So it was more of informational based of like, you know, understanding where these 3M masks come from or three ply masks and why some are more expensive than the other. And the website and everything that was kind of connected was like when you bought a mask, kind of there's a store, or bought a pack of masks, you saw where it came from. What part of Malaysia, what part of Indonesia, what part of India that these masks were made from. So you felt a little bit more connected and the idea eventually was to be more, to use it for more recycling purposes. But uh, sadly, that industry was definitely tapped out because the longevity of the pandemic was so big that bigger companies were able to just, I wouldn't say gouge the market, but they gouge the market. Yeah, the purpose
0: of that business really aligns with the goals that people have today, really trying to give people transparency and also provide more information behind what's going on in the world. I really find that very helpful. Definitely. And has there been any other ideas that you've been involved in?
1: Yeah, so that was that was a branch off of you Teach. the first entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial idea, I wouldn't even call it a startup, but it was, I, I, did, I did start, it was like a six-month project was, when I traveled to Nicaragua, coming back, I started a non-profit organization called Coffee for Life for every bag of coffee bought in the States, a kid in Nicaragua would get a plate of food because of the sad political scheme at the time Nicaragua was going through a civil war so all the connections that i built and all the strategy e-commerce strategies and all that it, it failed pretty successfully it, 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 it failed but that idea that a kid in high school a senior in high school could create that bridge i think is the reason why i think i i think i can't be an entrepreneur because uh, it's there. That's it, man. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from, how you look, what you do. If you have an idea, go and get it. Nothing That's stops great. you, man.
0: Now we can discuss the business that you're currently developing. Can you briefly expand, uh, explain Uteach?
1: Yeah, uh, Uteach is just an educational platform that connects two parties worldwide. Um, great.
0: So how does this platform benefit teachers?
1: The reason why, so the reason why Uteach benefit teachers is because I want it as one centralized app where teachers can come in as they want to work as a full-time teacher on the app, they can, part-time teacher, or they can come out and give just feedback advice, you know, pro bono causes to other people in the world. Uh, A good comparison I want to say is, uh, I'll put it in a little bit before, the same way a a lot of people download Robinhood to make money, I want that to be there for teachers. So I want there to be an app where people can download and instantly you know, a better, better example is DoorDash. A lot of people who want to find a job, they download DoorDash and they verify their car, boom, now you can start making money.
0: Okay, so this is more specific to teachers. You're trying to give them the opportunity to make money outside of these very structured uh, entities like exactly. schools and institutions. Definitely,
1: but I don't want to just hold it up on teachers. Like I said, it's a, it's a platform that connects two parties worldwide. I do want to give back to students as well, so there is a benefit for those students who stay on the app. Um, yeah, that was actually
0: sure. my next question. So, how does this platform benefit students?
1: So students get a better access to information because of the way that the app is based. It is a pretty efficient system, so they will be. It's a centralized, so whatever they want is whatever they'll see. You know, if they want the best math tutors in the area, that's the. that's what's going to be pulled up onto the app. If they want. The best science teachers to pass this next test. That's those are the surroundings that they're gonna get, but let's just say a student is on the app five times in the month. Hey, and you know he seems like he you know everything. It seems like he's getting better every time he's on the app. I would love to give him a twenty dollar Amazon gift card just to help him and see that hey why not you know you're
0: reward them for the work that they've done. Put in.
1: So there's a big package that I have that I give back for the teacher of the month and the student of the month. Um, And there's bonuses for different departments in different areas. And I kind of do that as instead of generating a lot of revenue, if I can generate less revenue and give it back to the people who's sustaining the app, and in the future, it'll be a self-sustaining company. Yeah,
0: I don't know if you knew this, but my mom's actually a teacher. She's taught for around eight years now. And she's kind of really, like, taking a lot of the um, politics and, like, the... Trials and tribulations that these kids have had—it's really had like a toll on her. So I think maybe this idea would help them kind of separate, give them like a work-life balance, allow them to go onto this app and help people when they have time to, but also allow them to separate themselves from their work and focus more on their lives. Yeah, no. But I know that for some teachers, they really enjoy that very personal connection. I think that's definitely something my mom really enjoys but it also takes a toll on her. So I'm glad that this opportunity may allow people to choose a balance between things. And do you know of any teachers that maybe would definitely jump on this idea?
1: Yeah, I actually have interviewed about 15 teachers from a high school. I've interviewed a lot of teachers here and a lot of teachers internationally. I think there would be a lot of teachers that jump onto the app. I think there are a lot of, I think more of this situation is, uh, How many students, how many students and how I will be able to, uh, like I said, I don't want this to be, I don't want this to be the next biggest, I don't want this to be the next Chag or Kumon or Khan Academy. I want to branch myself to a different type of platform where it actually benefits both parties and it's efficient, not just one party's profiting than the other, you know. And uh, I think that's why uh, I think teachers will hop on, because they're gonna see this type of green energy or green positivity that it bring with the app. And hey, something I learned in Singapore is most of the teachers in Singapore make six figures. And that's why the educational system, that's why a lot of people are happier in Singapore, because people are more well off, and their standards are a lot better. Yes, their educational standards are a lot more strict than over here, but, having that opportunity to you know having the opportunity to just say hey to, to see teachers be in this higher higher than the lowest you know pay, pay grade
0: yeah allow them to get more added value and also kind of look around and have an idea of yeah. what people are paying so that they feel valued in in the, end.
1: exactly and one thing i want to add is uh a lot of I've had a lot of people in a lot of industries say that people who tend to fail in the educational field or people who don't make it their last resort is become a teacher. I think that's completely wrong. I think that's that's just a, that's just a stereotype that people don't make it. I I went to high school where most of my most of my teachers were making six figures, maybe even a little more. But the thing is, the reason why I feel like teachers become so they can teach, they have a passion for No, sharing. definitely.
0: That's why majority of the teachers that I've come in contact with have always had this motivation to share their knowledge Mm -hmm. did you come up with this idea on your own
1: um uh did did i come you teach yes you teach i actually came out my senior year on my own but i definitely did have a lot of people uh a lot Mm -hmm. of people along the way that uh helped me and guided me um so it's not just I would say on my own. I think it is a team of more people than I can shout out. But that's it. I think teamwork makes the dream work. And you teach is only you teach because of all the people that gave me advice and all the people that have worked with me. And that's something that I think is my motto. Uh, you teach is a, it's a completely team driven, working together instead of against other people. Um, uh, marketplace uh, that is that is in our DNA that, that we will be. Uh, you know, you know, we will be an interconnected system that will help and promote, not just not just for ourselves, but for other educational platforms too. So, yeah, I would say even though it was an idea that I had sprung up myself, um, I think it's because, I, uh, I think the main thing, I I it in a different perspective. The reason why you teach is you teach is because I saw the flaws in the educational system at a young age. And I never understood why some teachers were amazing and some teachers would just be super strict. So that, and it, and it just, it just for me, I really didn't care about school up. I was more of a sports athlete. And to see kids take school so seriously and to see their mental stress so significantly decline. And then on the other hand, to see teachers' mental health significantly decline when they saw students who didn't even give a fuck about their own life. Who didn't even show up to school and then the next week they'd be caught in some sort of you know personal issue so there's both sides to the spectrum and that's when i saw hey maybe in the future there can be a system that actually helps both parties and hopefully in the future you teach cannot just be virtual hopefully there's you teach you know centers around the world you know that is my idea. you know. I don't wanna just revamp the private education system. I'm not here to restructure anything. I'm not some higher power. But if I can create a platform that actually helps people, I think I have a, I have a chance to do something good too.
0: That's, That's great. The fact that you're recognizing that it wasn't just your idea, it was a lot of people coming in and adding their own insights and giving you this really rounded and developed idea that you can take and hone and figure out how to benefit all parties involved. What were your first steps to make this idea come to life?
1: Uh, my first steps was actually when I was in Singapore, I came up, uh, I had a one of my family friends who was in the app-based industry told me to, I think he told me to create an abstract SWOT analysis and like a business plan. And the funniest thing is a lot of these things I, they taught us in high school. Really? But Yeah, they taught a lot of these things in a couple of my high school classes. It wasn't until I got to college that I started learning about
0: SWOT and business plans.
1: But did I know what I was doing? Nope, because I didn't pay attention in high school. And I was just passing the class for the sake of passing it to get the grade. So then I learned how to do each of these things in a different educational system. You know, SWOT stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Threats, and Opportunities. That's pretty important for not just business, but in life.
0: Definitely. You can do a SWOT analysis on yourself. It can apply to both things. Yeah, you can, yeah. Do that.
1: you can do that to yourself. And I think that's the craziest thing when, when, when I saw that. You know, it, it does take some effort to start an idea, but it was, it was some simple building blocks that I taught myself how to do, how to create a business plan how to create an abstract, things that they do teach you in school, but it's up to you to gather and keep that information for yourself or if you're doing it because your parents are strict or you're doing that because you're, you are you want to pass a class to get into a good college. A lot of people have different motivational you know spirits. The one thing I tell you, one thing that I learned is do it for yourself, even early on, whatever you do, you do it for yourself. Don't listen to anyone. Do it for yourself because in the future, it will pay back, promise you 100%.
0: Yeah. What makes Uteach different from some of these other services that provide similar opportunities?
1: Definitely. So I can name a few, Chegg, Khan Academy, Udemy, Kumon. A lot of these educational platforms are set based on the pillars that they're giving information or providing a resource to students and those students or families are paying for that information. So it is a one-way system. One system is benefiting a lot more than the other. For example, if you see, you know how there's that a, uh, uh, you know, that, that a little, you know, in the playground, I don't know what it's called, but you have uh, where there's one person sitting on one end and then you have another person sitting on, and then it sways back and forth.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, the teeter-totter. Teeter-totter. Yeah.
1: And that is a concept that I learned in one of my design classes that sometimes when one person is heavier or has more power that person tends to be a lot higher and the person who is lighter you know is on the other side but you have to realize if you just use your feet and you give get a little push off the ground you're using gravity and you flip it up now you're at the top and they're at the bottom because when you go up now they're at the bottom now so it's an interesting concept that like Growing up, if, if if students and parents had more knowledge and access to give their kids, you know, what they exactly wanted, not putting them in a situation so they can be the smartest or the brightest or the highest GPA so they can go to an Ivy League, but if they understood their kids and asked their kids the right questions and said, hey, and I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to say anything like this, but if... People in America understood that there's different educational systems around the world, but the educational system in America is very good. A higher education versus community college and even public school versus private school. But at the end of the day, your kid knows what, what he wants. Or the kid, your kids will know what they want, what's best for them.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can guide them, but telling them they have to do this and that and that is placing a restraint on them that can be beneficial for them at a point. But the minute they find the resources that make them happier to do something else, they will be the teeter totter, and they will go in the opposite direction. So that is why. Going, can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah. So I was just asking, what separates you teach from other businesses that provide similar services?
1: Yeah. So I went a little bit off tangent, but the what the services that a lot of other apps is that they're just giving information, and you're paying for it. That's it. You're giving it, they're giving you information and you're paying for it. What is different from eTeach is you, the teacher is giving information, and the student is accepting that information and they're giving their feedback and their analysis back. It's a two-way party and the, inf- and the way that we profit from the company is based on the teacher. Every teacher on the app has an individual contract. So the reason why it's different is it's completely centralized for students and teachers where they have, they have their own unique platform and they have everything that they want. So what makes it different is that people at Khan Academy, Chegg, these teachers are getting paid 50, 60, 100K to write classes, to do this, that, and that. If, if a lot of these classes, you know, the, the information doesn't even have to be right. You know, they can teach these kids completely a different wrong method and still these parents will pay them because apparently these kids are getting a better grade in class. But are they really learning that information because they want to learn it, or are they learning it for, for, for doing it for somebody else? That's the whole concept that you can teach. The reason why you teach is different than other education apps is because a kid in high school who knows computer science can go into the app and teach kids in third world countries computer science. That is the difference. You don't need a degree. You just need to know how to teach, and you need to know how to teach in your way, in your proper way. As long as you pass the board of directors, board of teachers, then you'll be able to be, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you've really hammered the idea that it's a two-way kind of benefiting one another, party, party, the multiple sides of it, and allowing teachers to talk to the students, but also allowing the students to have some say in how the whole interaction happens and maybe even getting more specified lessons rather than just having it be super generalized. It's really allowing things to be more specific, right? That's great. And how much much more work do you have to do before this idea really becomes reality yeah
1: so the app has been coded under version 1.0 and right now i'm coding the second version which is still in the beta form the goal is to to be launched on my birthday june 1st but we're going to try and see if we can get a a beta version out and running by april or may Uh, the reason why i want this sooner than later is because i want to hear feedback and get uh, a better understanding of exactly uh you know i want to get a better understanding of uh, the educational st- what what the where the educational standards and the growth is going in this country and hopefully uh, hopefully with that project plan and that guideline um, i can create a platform that actually has a successful you know future plan and i think that is why i'm looking forward to launching it sooner than later
0: i know Nothing in life ever goes to plan. So what struggles has this idea evoked?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of struggles. Two years ago when the pandemic happened, I put about, I think, 12 hours a day into work, like starting the company. And one whole summer, I almost was able to code code it with an in-house team, in-house marketing team, in-house development team, and I was able to do it. However, uh, because I still was in school. Uh, it showed that it, it you can't do everything yourself. Like even as an entrepreneur, you need more help even in the management level. Even though I was a founder CEO of the company, I was doing everything. I was heading the development team, heading the marketing team, doing all the work. I'm the person that says, "Hey, if I can do it better than other people, I'll do it." But that's wrong. You should you know you should really the the one thing that I learned the most is you should teamwork makes the dream work. You know, just like in in. in a, in basketball, you know, your starting five, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, everyone has their role. Everyone has the piece, piece of the pie. And now I have that, I have my team. And now that I have my team and I have that support, I think I can shoot for the stars and we'll see what you know. We'll no, I can't
0: it. wait to see where this idea goes. And I think you're really centered on making this a reality. So I definitely don't doubt that this will become something and that it'll impact a lot of people. In, from this experience, what do you want to gain from it?
1: Uh, what I want to gain is I want to, I want to record and understand the journey, you know? I know that the journey is, 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 it's all about the struggling. You know, I'm not even worried about the ending, 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 like the end, the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at the finishing line. You know, I don't want to, I don't know what it will be. It's a public company. If I wanted to go public, or if it will fail, I'm just so happy that it's it, it, that people are starting to see my passion and, and are starting to motivate me in a way where they're agreeing with my ideals. And at the end of the day, as long as you teach, or the ideas of you teach can be portrayed in this, not just this country, in this world, that'll make my day. So it is just the process of the struggling journey that it's been for the last two to three years. It's not just been me. Like, a lot of people have struggled in the educational field in the last couple of years, and a lot of people haven't been the happiest. So I'm just trying to bring that happiness and that smile back to, you know, back to the educational sector.
0: That's great. Because I know from my own experiences that in education, it really seems like things are forced upon you. So this idea kind of gives me a better, like, Message and more positive type of interaction that's gonna take place. It doesn't seem like things are really gonna be forced upon people. They're gonna have the opportunity to either take advantage of it, or maybe allow themselves to see what's going on and then decide whether or not that this is right for them.
1: Definitely, Um, I think that's you. You hit it nail on the coffin. Yeah, exactly. great.
0: Well, do you have anything else to talk about in terms of what you teach is trying to do for the education system? Or maybe do you have anything you want to say for people to look out for in the future?
1: Um, yeah, no, I hope that when the app comes out, people are able to download it and give feedback. I don't want people to be shy, you know, if there's anything that they think that the app can be better at, or, you know, or give, or, you know, or give a different... They're a very open opinion base. I'm, I'm gonna listen to all the feedback and I'm gonna take it with grace, you know. Something that I learned in a lot of startups and working in a lot of companies that I wanna also keep you teachers a very low stress environment, and very friendly dog dog zone, you know, happiness, a big, something that I learned from Google. A lot of my family members who worked in a lot of open space, non cubicle space environments made the lifestyle and culture so friendly and welcoming people didn't even want to leave. And I think that's the idea that if I can create not just you Teach as a green, you know, you know, educational app, but keeping the workplace environment green, keeping the positivity green. If I can do all those things that'll make me green, you know? It'll make me happy. So if I can do all those things, I don't think there's a problem with, you know, to see where you teach can go.
0: Yeah, incorporating all these different ideas into your own idea will make it so that it's not very flawed. You're able to really develop something that you could also see yourself using. And that's great because, I mean, if you can see yourself using it, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that could relate to the position that you're in. Something that makes this podcast kind of unique from other podcasts is... Towards the end, I kind of want to ask you about things you want to manifest. Are you familiar with how manifestation works?
1: If you could give me a little...
0: Yeah, I can give you a little rundown. So from my own interpretation of it, it's putting an idea out there into the universe and kind of portraying this energy and type of persona that allows you to align with people that will help you, give you opportunities, and also the universe is gonna do its magic to open up doors so that this idea comes to fruition. So it's really just giving off this energy that's gonna attract like things.
1: Completely agree. Okay, a couple so
0: the questions I have for you is re- either related to you teach or maybe related to your own personal life. What is an idea that you wanna put out into the universe and manifest?
1: Treating people like how you want to be treated. Okay. I think uh, putting yourself in other people's shoes, even if it may be uncomfortable, I think it's something that may create a little bit better happiness, at least in this country. Because I realized, uh, in you teach something that I always wanted to manifest is just because you don't understand another culture or another society doesn't mean you have to hate them. So when you teach does come out, uh, it will be a, a, a it will be a language based cultural sharing app. It'll be, how do you learn different languages and how do you understand different cultures? So that's what you teach. when you teach comes out, it'll be more on how to, you know, Japanese, Spanish, all these different, and it's gonna start from there. And then as it builds along and longer, I'll be branching into the five pillars. The five pillars that I want you teach to come into is business, the business field, the medical field, the technology field, the entrepreneurship field, and then video and music
0: production right. field we were talking about that
1: yeah and the reason why these five pillars is because I think in life you tend to be the average of the five closest people around you and I want to take one more step to that you're the you are the average of the five closest females around you and the five closest males around you
0: no I've definitely heard that topic yeah, before because
1: you need both no matter what you need both females and males in your life and whoever you're the your five closest females and five closest males that makes who you are if you look at it, if you take five and five and you put it together, it's almost like a butterfly. And every, Interesting. And everyone has butterfly wings. And I feel like that's when you manifest your own destiny, when you have a team of ten that are right behind your back wherever you go. And that's the coolest thing in the world because now you have a starting lineup wherever you go. Not just a starting five. <sighs> you have a starting five and you have a, you have the next five, too, to put in and then replace anyone who is you know who can't you know who's in that situation i don't want to go this is just a you know some some comparison that i make but that's it i think manifesting your own destiny comes from within if you don't believe in yourself no one's going to believe in you and when and when life hits you down you gotta you gotta get back up two times stronger and it'll hit you again three times down you gotta get back up four times stronger in this world life ain't easy man it ain't pretty
0: that's right it's how you respond to things that really shows your character and ends up putting you down a path that's going to bring you to where you want to be as long as you respond to certain scenarios in a positive way and take if it didn't go your way maybe you take lessons from that and allow it to develop your character and get you to where you want to be and I really liked how you answered that question because you brought something that was significant in people's everyday lives, just treating other people the way you want to be treated. And also the idea of like empathizing, you would say empathizing, right? Trying to understand what other people's perspectives are, right? No, okay. De- no, de- 100%, 100%. Man. Yeah, no, I think it was a great way because then you also related it to what you're trying to do with you teach. Definitely this concept of treating others the way you want to be treated, is there an example of someone you've seen do this in their personal life and also in business?
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen it. Uh, one, There was one company, uh, I forgot the name of the company, but there's this one IT company based in, I think, California. Uh, the idea is that it so the, the, the founder was, I think, a genius. What he did was he created a tech company. What he also did is he built an amusement park one mile away. He then built housing for all of his employees. He built a woman-centered stress center where women would work HR but also handle real-life problems that anything from kids to divorce to, any, to help them at a help center to the point where he created a own personal Disneyland for his employees. And what it was is they had a, they had the lowest dropout rate in the world. Their company was the like, so usually when you have a company every year you have about 20 to 30% of open, like, empo- like a lot of employees will leave and go find a better situation for themselves. But it was the reverse. They almost had 70% of their employees stay every year. And their applications started building up, building up. Everyone wanted to go work here because they didn't really care about how much money they made. They just knew that they would be taken care of almost at the level of royalty gets taken care of in another country. So I think that is something that I want to bring to you teach, where I can host, try, just like how we have the quarter system here. I'm going to host three summits different places of the world, hopefully. You know, one will be in America, and hopefully two will be international. Or for now, we'll just keep it in, in America, in different states. I also, in these teacher conferences, we'll share and we'll have a great time. Um, and I think that's the idea because I will also have these prizes where I'll have teacher of the teacher of the month, teacher of half the year, teacher of the year. They're gonna be good prizes. They're gonna get a, they're gonna get a good check, but then they're also gonna get like, a lot of rewards. You know, vacations paid for, you know, loans, loans, and all that. Pay. And that thing is just the idea of giving back, you know, because having, just because you have something doesn't mean, you know, I don't want to get off tangent, but like that, that is the main reason. i put it like that.
0: Yeah, the business that you had talked about sounds like they built a very welcoming and great atmosphere at that company, promoting a great lifestyle, work life balance, and that definitely exudes a great company atmosphere and something that will allow them to retain their employees and maybe even produce better productivity, just having people feel happy about the positions that they're in. So do you think that's definitely gonna translate to the company that you're founding?
1: 100%. I want want me to be one of the highest rated workplace a happy workplace environment. One thing I'll tell you is a lot of my employees, I want to see their smile when they walk in. When I leave, I want to see them smile. I don't want to see no frowns, no stress, because I can vibe off other people's energy. And I think that's it. Because in this world, I want to, I don't want to eliminate, you can't eliminate, but I don't understand why people have, you know, the idea of resting bitch face? Why can't we have a resting smile face? We all have. We all have something very beautiful. And you know when you smile, you, it's very helpful to the, to your face, to the stress, to the energy you bring. Just like you're talking about manifesting, try and smile first before you you know you bring bad energy by screaming, yelling, or you know getting mad. Try and smile. It's a lot harder to be mad when you're smiling. It's something I learned myself.
0: Yeah, that's a really valuable lesson. That's something that I don't do often. I don't smile. Maybe. Yeah. smile every once in a while. Exactly. People may look at you differently, maybe be like, why are you smiling? Stop smiling, but it should really become more normal. Yeah. No, exactly, it really is. And we gotta just start doing it on our own yeah. because we can look at other people and say, why are you mad? What are you, you mad know, exactly. for? No,
1: exactly, no, one thing I'll add, add to that point, Owen, if there's someone who's bringing negative energy to you and you're not in a position to, you know, if you don't want to react in a negative way, which we all are in, it's in our human body to react, you should smile back. You should smile back and say, okay, you know, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm a smile because I'm a give, you know, I don't know what you're going through, but you're probably taking it out on me, you know, but I'm not gonna be a normal person and bring that energy back at you because you don't know what they're going through. Because if you smile at people and people are in the situation, they're gonna feel guilty. You know, they're gonna be like, dang, maybe I'm in the wrong, you know what I'm saying? And you don't want to, you know, give your energy. You don't want to give all that energy the Wrong people, so just smile and walk away. I tell people that all the time, you know, because now you're, you're giving positive reinforcement. It's the same thing that I have in my company. I learned that in a lot of tech companies, I'm gonna have a no fratners as no, no, uh, dr- like it's like a no, no drama policy, you know, no drama policy, no talking behind pe- coworkers' backs, no frat- like fr- no uh, disrespecting people. We can all work together, and then whenever we have an argument, communication is key. So I think those are things that I would be adding, things that, you know, part of the system.
0: Yeah, I really look forward to seeing how you teach comes into reality. And I'm really looking forward to you achieving these goals and also seeing you develop and become the person you wanna be. Definitely manifesting this more very intertwined, connected community of people and being able to find people that exude happiness and treat other people the way you wanna be treated, definitely. It's a tough thing to do, but once you really establish that within your own life, you can start inflicting it upon other people. Basically, what you've talked about before, like I just told you about being more, having a simplistic lifestyle, not having all these distractions. And it's something people decide that they wanna do or maybe not but it's really just understanding how people view life and maybe taking some of those ideas and lessons and incorporating them into your own life to have this very uplifting and happy and purposeful life. Do you think that you'll be able to contribute to other people's happiness and success? Is that what you're trying to do every day?
1: No, 100%, I like to, but just the same way I think you like hearing people's stories. I like to hear people's passions. Like when I, like to, when I talk to people, I want to hear their, what they want to do in life. You know, what they're, what they're motivated to do. Cause I think luckily I had the parents that didn't tell me what I wanted to do. They say, whatever you're passionate for, shoot for the stars. I think that's the key thing. Cause when you have a passion for something, you will push yourself to a manifestation level. We're not saying you can manifest your own destiny but you can push yourself where at least there will be pieces around you that will help you. Because when you work really hard for what you love, people will work pretty hard to help you out. It's what happened for me, and I want to try to bring that energy for other people as well.
0: Awesome. What advice do you have for someone that wants to start a business?
1: Uh, some advice that I have for people is no matter what people say, just do it. You know, Any advice. A lot of people will give you negative energy first.
0: That's actually funny that you're saying this because the last guest that I had on said the same exact thing. Just do it.
1: Just do it. And this is the quote from Nike, right? Right. And the other thing I'll add to it is do it in silence. Don't do it to show off. Because this is all things I learned. Don't do it to show off. Don't do it as a flex. Don't do it because you're going to make money. Do it because you have a passion for it. And do it because you want to do it for yourself, not to prove anyone wrong.
0: Yeah, those are qualities of a leader. Exactly. Being able to do it in silence and just lead by example.
1: Exactly, because everyone can talk to talk, but it takes a lot of effort to walk the walk. And I, this is a shout out to Joe Burrow, because, uh, and like Kobe, a lot of lot of these, there's a lot of players who had a lot of strong work ethic. They didn't boast it on social media. They didn't. They didn't do a lot of things where they would, you know. And that's the same energy that I want to bring to you, teacher.
0: Great. Do you have any closing remarks, or maybe how can the people follow you teach, and how can they become and like get benefits from this once it no, becomes def- reality? No,
1: definitely. So hopefully, Uteach teach will be on the uh, you know on the marketplace to be down free, completely free downloadable on the App Store or Android Store by June. Um, hopefully, also I'll be working with Drexel University to get it on a uh, you know in an incubator program really connected, intertwined it with the with the university city here. And once that goes I, ha- I hope I can reach out to local news outlets so, to to local because I just I don't wanna go and just, you know, even if it pops out, you know, of course there's gonna be bigger people who are gonna wanna hear my story. But hey if I could share my story with people who are up in the coming like, you know some, you know, like I said, pod, people who are trying to start their own podcast, people who are trying to start their own, you know, journalists, you know, their own, you know, you know, the journalism industry. There's a lot of industries that it takes, you know, it, it'd be cool. And I'd love to share my story first here before I go to the, you know, anywhere, you know, bigger and better places. Because I know that all comes with it. That all comes with a successful company. The, all that attention and fame, it'll all come. But something that I really learned from a lot of the people that You know, you shouldn't, you got to treat people with respect. You got to treat people with respect no matter how much money you make or how little money you make, we're all the same. And something that comes from me being, you know, me being from India, uh, it's kind of cool because one thing I'll say, this is something that I do believe in you teach. The reason why we wear a dot on our forehead in the Indian religion, a lot of people don't understand, but the way I've heard it, at least from my own you know, family members, is uh, no matter what... This is actually also the most central point in the body. So when you touch the middle of your forehead, you can actually feel it out all, all over your body. It's actually a very... It's a, key, it's a key point. And the other thing is it reminds you that you are still a speck to the universe, no matter how big time you are or how low you are or what you are. To the universe, you are a dot. Just remember that. That's it,
0: incredibly insightful. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen the Genius documentary yet about Kanye. I haven't. But it said... When a giant looks in the mirror, he sees nothing. So it's just the idea that you can be bigger than reality, but everybody is on the same level playing field and don't become too confident. Like you can be confident in yourself, but make sure to stay humble. Make sure to realize that you're just a person and other people are in the same position as you. So you're really just talking about everybody's built equally this idea that you're just a speck right everybody's built equally you say
1: completely completely agree
0: that's wonderful and i
1: learned that the hard way, man i'm going to be honest i'm going to tell you a very life lesson shout out to a lot of people who uh who have helped me a lot of females actually a lot more a lot more of the females in in, in my uh, in my life have told me to be humble No matter the circumstances you come from or where you get to, you gotta treat people with how you treat them. That is true. I I will take that with, uh, like, with with grace. That no matter how giant you get, any industry, you know, you still are this. You're still on the same playing field as anyone else. Even you know, and I think that's something you can, you really start to cherish, you know, and and you'd be grateful for a lot of the simple things in life. So I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Tejas, and I can't wait to see you teach Become a Reality. It was wonderful speaking with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Each episode is going to drop Sunday of each week, and you can go follow the Instagram at owens.exhibit for updates and extra content. This is Owen signing off. Thank you.